Sometimes Rapunzel gets bundled in towers. Sometimes the witch has her way. But when floundering at sea, you got a friend in me, Liv and Hannah. From frost to savannah, when unexpected in looking, just choppy. So ears wide and poppy, and a spoonful of Disney a day. Hello, everyone. Today, I can say hello to two people, which is really exciting. Hi, Liv. Hi, Hannah. How are you doing? I'm I'm very, very nauseous. Oh, <laughs> in fact, no. I am currently recording in a horizontal position on your bed. That's the dream, though. And hello, guest Gina. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm really good, thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's so nice to have Gina on, who we regularly uh, name drop from various <laughs> anecdotes and different things. Podcast famous. Gina is actually semi-responsible for our jingle as well. We actually called you live, I think, once on the podcast. We did, oh, way I back in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So... Let's talk about some positive things. Um, I'll go first. My positive thing for today is that I had therapy today and I think I had like a mini breakthrough. So that was nice. Um, And me and my Irish therapist laughed about how bad we both were at maths and it felt like a real bonding moment. (laughs) Liv, what's your positive thing? was your massive breakthrough that you are indeed terrible at math no no i've known that for a very long time <laughs> fortunately Liv, what's yours um my well it's been difficult today because i haven't left bed um but my positive thing for today probably was actually the pleasant surprise that this movie wasn't that terrible yeah that's very valid. Gina, what's your positive thing? Uh, so my positive thing is that this week I managed to go in the sea for the first time this year, which was nice. That's really nice. Oh, that's lovely. Gina's very much a sea, a sea baby. Is that a term? A water seahorse. A seahorse. She was famously the sur- social set of the surf society <laughs> at Cardiff Uni. Famously. <laughs> famously, we threw a very, uh, we threw an infamous social at our house. That's true, actually. You guys infamous did get social. On, uh, a lot of I'm still bitter that I had to paint that shed for you. <laughs> so, for context, um. Gina decided we had in our this is our second year house, which was when we last lived together. Oh, that's yes. when we last lived together. And Gina wanted to paint the shed. Uh, this horrible, like disgusting, decrepit old shed. Um, all blue, make it all sea themed, which was really cool. And then at the end of the year, Gina was like, I'm going to paint the shed now. <laughs> Painting half of it. And then was like, 
Bye guys. Okay, guys. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a bad move on my part. <laughs> I'm still very grateful for that. All the painting. That was that was also the party that we sacrificed the coffee table that apparently the landlord was so in love with, and then we tried to replace oh it, and we bought. Because it was like wooden with glass on top. So me, Lev and my parents went to British Heart Foundation to buy one. And as we were walking it back, it flipped and the glass fell off and smashed all over the grave. <laughs> Which is something I'll never forget. And the landlord hated the coffee table and was like, absolutely not. I just love um, the fact that he was apparently so attached to that table. Yeah, I'm calling bullshit. Just wouldn't have been good enough. Know. He was like, no. <laughs> <It's disgusting." laughs> yeah, that, that table was definitely needed replacing though. I mean, I'm pretty um, certain he would have rather we did that than like leave the mouldy, broken like mess that was left from the other one. I mean, yeah, but we don't know how landlords think. Who does? <laughs> he does. Um, and then we. As always, we have some petty complaints to share. And obviously at the moment, these petty complaints feel even pettier considering the state of the world. Um, but, you know, this is a safe space. So my petty complaint is that every so often when we're watching Disney, my mum joins in and always falls asleep and then wakes up three quarters of the way through the film and starts asking loads of questions and I'm like you can't <laughs> ask questions you've not been following the film like, let me concentrate and she did it today woke up and was just like that's not Cinderella what's going on and I was like just go back to sleep so that was mine today Gina what was yours um my incredibly petty complaint uh is that we finally managed to organise a Dungeons and Dragons game this week with my other friends and I've been really excited for it because I was finally making level three, which meant that I got my brand new bird companion, which I've been waiting for forever. And then everybody took too long role playing, so I didn't get my bird character. And it made me really sad. So I had to wait two weeks. That is sad. I don't that's that feels less petty. That feels I mean, genuinely quite sad. In the grand scheme of things, imaginary like bird is probably <laughs> less important. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's whatever gets you through, isn't it? <laughs> Liv, what's your petty complaint? Um my petty complaint is that the Hoover that we have in this house is just really, really shit. And it just annoys me every time I hoover. It is really shit. Little bits of it are now just breaking. I just don't know what to do. Also, (laughs) um, sort of counterintuitively, when it's actually working, it makes a sound. It sounds like it's like hoovering itself. Yeah, it's like... It only works when it's like... (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, something's wrong here. But then when it's making a normal noise, it doesn't work. (laughs) <laughs> it's just what kind of Hoover is it? Um, it's just like a, gem, a generic it's Hoover a, It's a Morphe Richards Oh well, Oh you know what um, This is a thing of like I'm definitely getting old Is that my parents here Have um, 
one of those cordless Dyson ones. Oh my god! That you charge up and then you just. Oh my god! It's amazing. It's oh, just so dream. Oh, it just changes everything. This is how privileged my parents are. Uh, They have, like, a normal Dyson, and they have one of the cordless ones. That's wild. Yeah, I know. I mean, imagine that that level of, like, having your life together. Imagine having, like, an upstairs Hoover and a downstairs Hoover, so you didn't have to. (laughs) (laughs) Even though you had a cordless one, you still didn't even need to carry it upstairs. You just transport it from room to room. Go up the stairs, and there's your next one. Wow. Imagine having stairs. <laughs> imagine. I was about to say, imagine owning a house, but actually, imagine owning a home. That's true. Yeah. Imagine actually, like, being able to control what you do with your house. I just thought of another petty complaint, which is that this morning um, I saw a video of an African pygmy hedgehog, which is. Um, apart from a dog is the thing that i most want as a pet and there was a really cute video of it like scurrying along the floor to get some food and i showed my parents and i was like can we please get an african pygmy hedgehog and they were like no they're really mean about it and they were like why don't you just get one when you get your own house and i was like well you know that's never gonna happen why are you saying that to me that's so cruel (laughs) they're filling me with these lies (laughs) So, they sound super cute though they are and there's like a bit a little bit of a debate about whether it's um like right to keep them or not but they are specifically domestic hedgehogs hmm. and their spikes don't hurt you you can like you can strike them and you can put them in a little um you can, i've so there's a video going off on such a tangent but there's like a video of someone with a little pygmy hedgehog in like a tiny blow up flamingo cup holder and i have the exact same flamingo cup holder and they just put it in there and then it just like floats in the bars (laughs) and i can do that i already have the flamingo you're ready i'm ready uh, I mean, I have a fun hedgehog story, actually. Maybe it's like a good thing, but um, since being back at my parents for lockdown, um, we have like a little hedgehog that comes visit comes and visits our garden every every night. And That's I really nice. Have you given yeah, it... Super cute. Have you named it? Uh, oh my God, I haven't. We should name it. You should name it. Let's name it Cinderella. Cinderella. Let's name it Bibbity Bobbity Bay. Yeah, I like Cinderella. Or Bifty Bobbity Bap shit. Bibbity Bobbity Bap shit. So, today's film was Cinderella 3, A Twist in Time. Yes, they made it to a Cinderella 3. Um, <laughs> and actually, we what we like, to, Gina, what we like to talk about every day is um, whether certain so some sequels get like i still haven't looked at what's this called get like a fun little extra title so like cinderella three a twist in time and some of them don't and we've been debating why that is i think it keeps saying extra title end bit are we looking for the word subtitle (laughs) no because that's maybe (laughs) no because a subtitle is like a subtitle is the words that appear to show you what they're saying (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I studied 
I studied film. Um, <laughs> is it a subtitle if there's a colon? Like, uh, I mean, I will look this up at some questions. point. These are the things that are important. Sometimes it's just nice to keep some mystery in the world, you know? <laughs> exactly. But I thought a twist in time was quite apt because this film was pretty twisted in a fun way. Twist yeah. turns. Um, it could also be called Cinderella 3, Fuck You, Cinderella 2. <laughs> <laughs> or Cinderella 3, if you want to find a true love, just touch everyone's hands. <laughs> yeah. Those, those are both very apt titles. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to do 10 second plot. And Liv's going to go first today. Um, because I can't remember whose turn it is. <laughs> I'm going to count you in. Three, two, one, go. The evil stepmom turns back time so Cinderella and the prince don't know each other and the prince has forgotten who she is because of a spell, because of Bippity Boppity Boo and Bippity Boppity Boo does everything. And, and then there was a really scary... <laughs> oh, I didn't get to talk about the pumpkin. <laughs> I like that you spent like four four solid seconds just describing Bippity Boppity Boo. It's a spell. It's a spell called Bippity Boppity Boo. <laughs> Okay, Gina. Oh, I didn't get to the, to the pumpkin jail. Guess Gina. I'm going to count you in, and then ten seconds for the most things that you thought the most important. <laughs> Three, two, one, go. Uh, Disney try their hand at time travel and kind of make it work with magic that isn't explained, uh, and the stepmother kind of does it, uh, even though she's not in practice. <laughs> I like that you've used your time to just slay. <laughs> to just slate them. We appreciate that a lot. Yeah. We like to be brutal here. Okay, are you ready, Hannah? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. The stepmother gets uh, the fairy wand and she uses Bibbity Bobbity Boo to make them go back in time, and then Cinderella's not married to the prince anymore, and Anastasia is, but then Cinderella's married Stop. to the prince in the end. <laughs> hey, at least we got an ending at that time. Yeah, we've got, got a beginning, a middle, and an end. What do we think about the movie? Um, guess Gina, would you like to go first? Sure. Um, yeah, this movie's like wild. Like, <laughs> I really, I don't, I mean, I don't know what I was expecting from the third installment of Cinderella, but this definitely wasn't it. <laughs> Um, but I mean, like, in, in a pleasant way, like, you know, there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened. Um, it's a, kind of a crazy premise, but in a weird way, it feels more like what the original book probably would have been like. Though I don't know, because I've never actually read the book. I have no, yeah, I have no idea. I hope so. Oh, cool. Do you know how, like, original fairy tales are always a little bit crazy and kind of horrific? Yeah, like Grimm's like, Brothers and stuff, mm. they're always mad yeah so maybe like they're just sort of going more true with the real story yeah it did feel a bit left field like in a good way mm. so basically i think we need to acknowledge the fact that um we talked about cinderella 2 i think that was the first film we watched actually of the sequels and yeah, we both was it, or was it it might have been um, the Jungle Book that we watched. Oh, first. yeah. But yeah. The, the <laughs> Mistakenly. <laughs> but 
Um, I told Gina that she wouldn't need to have watched Cinderella 2 to watch Cinderella 3 with us. And that is true because um, there was all this character development in Cinderella 2. Famously, she becomes communist, if you remember. Um, <laughs> and then Anastasia finds a boyfriend. But in Cinderella 3, they've decided to literally be like, fuck that film. We don't recognise it. We're cutting it out of the canon. Didn't happen. And so, like, Cinderella 3 starts exactly where Cinderella 1 left off, where they're married. And the stepmother's like, I'm not having this. And I just think that's a bit of a shame, because Cinderella 2 was fine. Cinderella 2 is better than Cinderella 1. Cinderella 3 was better than both of them. But... Yeah, it's the first trilogy where they just seemed to get better as they went on. Yeah. It's because they started (laughs) so boring. Cinderella one is one of the most boring films I've ever seen in my life. So I don't know whether, yeah, I don't know whether it was just easy for them to move up because how could you possibly go down? Yeah. But, yeah, it it was, it was a good film. I did, I, yeah, I had a great time. So the, the premise is that the stepmother gets hold of the fairy godmother's wand and, like, she has been learning some dark magic on the side. She's been taking some evening classes at Durmstrang because even <laughs> even though we've never seen her with a wand before, she's conjuring up some dark magic and she sends them all back in time because she's like, okay, now we can use this wand to make sure that Anastasia can marry the prince and Cinderella can get fucked and still be uh, just still be like a servant. And then just chaos. Chaos in the seas. And like... I think we all noticed this, is that um, the only spell they use is bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, and that spell can do anything. Yeah, yeah there's I a mean, lot like, of stuff that no spell can of, like, There's no mention of, like, Alakazula, Midjikamula, like, <laughs> all this plastic material from, like, the first movie. Exactly! <laughs> and I just, I just feel like they've really missold the magic in this. Well, I think the reason behind that is because they're like when they steal the wand from her at the beginning, they like overhear her saying bibbidi bobbidi boo. So that's the only context they have. But like then surely having not heard the whole entire spell, they've only got <laughs> access to that limited amount of magic. But they can do whatever the fuck they want with it. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean I you suppose, like... they at least like mix the words up a bit, like do like a <laughs> yeah. A boo, boppity bit bit boo. Yeah, they don't. They just, they don't think of that. I mean, maybe we shouldn't be that surprised. Like, you know, it's not unfamiliar to have a fantasy character who's a wizard who just only uses one spell. Yeah, I... Entire story. To to make... um, (laughs) I use this reference in my blog post, just think Expelliarmus, where you think, actually, like, that spell only has one use, but, like, fuck it, let's just kill some people (laughs) with it. Um, <laughs> what, if, what if we save the wizarding world what if <laughs> but yeah for um, Harry Potter can you just imagine how angry Hermione Granger would be if like you just like popped into Hogwarts and were like forget everything you've done I've found a one spell fits all because I've found <laughs> what you need like... forget Lumos forget everything like, else it's just this it's bibbity bobbity boo <laughs> <laughs> it's bibbity bobbity boo <laughs> um, I just want to quickly mention that me and Molly are so bored that we just decided to start watching the Harry Potter films again. We only finished watching them like a week and a half. <laughs> Incredible. 
We were like, I mean, what else are we doing? It is, because we're like, um, justice for all the stuff left out of the books. But that's that's not what it is. <laughs> <laughs> a story for another day. And I'm um, just thinking I'd, if I had any... Oh, sorry, Liv. I'd just like to... I'd just like to to spend a little time discussing the ridiculous scene when Cinderella is put to jail in a pumpkin, which then turns out to be a pumpkin carriage, which then is almost driven off the cliff. Yeah, that was mad. That I was watching it and I was like, what am I actually... What is ha- what is happening? I'll Cinderella? be honest, I wasn't paying full attention. I can't remember what I was doing. And I looked up and like there was like an evil pumpkin. And I looked up and then she was on a <laughs> boat. And I was like, what am I missed? <laughs> yeah, that scene was um, interesting. I don't really yeah, this... know like what purpose... Me neither. I mean, all, all, all the stepmom had to do was say biffity bofty boo and Cinderella was inside a pumpkin. But this is the thing. I think this is where it actually is leaning on like the original story a bit. I think the original story might possibly have like a bit where she's locked into a, like in this pumpkin and can't Yeah, she turns... Like, Wait, does she turn the pumpkin into a carriage in the original? So it's like a nice story back? Oh no, I mean like in the actual book. Like, I think oh. in the kind of I need to read yeah. this book. Yeah, I know. I just thought the writers got high and were like, how are we going to finish off this movie? They were just like, <laughs> how can we make this so different to Cinderella 1? I mean, what are still... about like that? Like, one scene is just the fact that they really had a moment that they could have done like a spirit stallion with Cimarron. <laughs> Amazing moment. <laughs> with like Prince Charming on the horse. Um, but no, like, just 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 ruined it. No, the horse pussied out, but that's because it wasn't stallion. It wasn't spirit. No, it was just some horse. So how could that horse possibly? Come? That horse has just had a sheltered life. It's a palace horse. Yeah, that's true. He's not a stallion of the Cimarron. No, he's not. He's not going to be in a pen, you know, singing "Get Off on My Back," you know, with careless <laughs> <Brian> animals. <laughs> I think it's also important to mention that because Cinderella 2 now doesn't exist, Cinderella never becomes a communist and opens up the kingdom to everyone, which means that she can't go into the palace because she's a servant girl and she has to go in disguised as a servant. And if that film had happened, well, I suppose it's irrelevant because you've gone back in time, but <laughs> I'm just, I just want to point it out. Because I'm. Yeah, well, I, I actually, I had some thoughts about like time travel element of the movie and like as you guys know it kind of sent me into a bit of an existential like spiral but um <laughs> i'm back now and <laughs> i just think that like so what they tried to do was they tried to do it so they could go back and change time like in the past but that also means that they can't like go back to the world that they originally came from right because in order to go back in time they've had to create a new universe where they've changed time I'll be honest, I never think into these things too much because I know that that's what the result is me being freaked out. So I just I just kind of thought, yeah, we're back in time. But I, I absolutely see what you mean. I, mean, if I was like kind of confused level, because I, I feel think... like if they went back in time, then the stepmom would no longer have the wand. Yeah. That's a very good point. 
but this is this is why they have to go along with the idea that there's like, as... parallel universes. So yeah, you, know, you can't actually go back into your own timeline. You have to like go back into the timeline of something. Okay, else. yeah. So well, they, they did always have the one. But this is my issue with it because at the end, the fair godmother's like, you know, I could send you back to your original timeline if you want, and it's like, no, you can't, fairy godmother, because if you did that, then none of the changes that they've done. Would have happened. Well, uh, I think you'll find she can because bippity bobbity boo. Because bippity bobbity boo, bitch. Bippity bitch. And also that line I think was put in to be like, "fuck you, Cinderella too." It very much felt like that. She was like, "Oh, there's this film happen where like all this cool like character." No. <laughs> bippity bobbity goodbye. Yeah, I think the sad thing is because Anastasia, I mean, Anastasia for some reason seems to be the stepsister that always gets loads of attention because she also got all the attention in in the second Cinderella, which we now no no longer talk about because it's irrelevant. They kind of just ignore the other sister whose name I don't even know because... Rosella. But no, she never gets like a... She doesn't really have like a speaking role. No, she barely like gets a look in. She doesn't even complain when her mum just randomly picks Anastasia to be the one who gets to marry the prince. She's just like, yeah, yeah. whatever. This feels like, like a great wonder... time to jump into some character assassination. La, la, la. <laughs> so, yeah. Drizella. Justice for Drizella. What were our thoughts on Cinderella? I thought she was cooler in this movie. She was no, a bit less pathetic. In. She had <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think this this movie she definitely had a bit more of a modern swing to her, you know, motivations and things. I mean, I quite, liked, like, I quite liked the scene post pumpkin jail scene when she was just like <laughs> riding her horse back. I don't know how she found her way, frankly, but just riding her horse back to the kingdom or to the palace, and it was like very, it was very reminiscent of seeing a male hero on a horse going to the girl's aid, but instead yeah, it was like her cool. on a horse, saving herself. I thought that was quite cool. Yeah. I guess that's... Yeah, it felt very much that she was actually in control of her own destiny in that one. Like, she wasn't waiting for the prince to come and sweep her off her feet. Yeah. it godmother to, like, magically enhance her appearance. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, she's still... Her ultimate goal in the end was still to get the man, but... She was like, I'm not waiting around. I'm getting in this castle. I'm going to disguise myself as a mouse catcher. And I'm going to convince him that it was me. And, you know, respect for that. So what we're saying is real feminism is getting the man, but in a badass way. Yeah. Getting the man on your own terms. (laughs) And then the prince had a little bit more to him as well, because I don't. I, I don't even know if he speaks in the first one, really. He's just sort of this thing. I think he says, wait, when she runs away. <laughs> Glass slipper. So, you know, he like he likes the fence. He's got this, like, complex relationship with his dad. So it's, like, a little bit there. I think he's, he's quite a gent. I think he's nice. Nice guy. Definitely one-dimensional. Does anyone know what his name is? His name is Prince. His famously, his name is Prince Charming. <laughs> I mean, I think like yeah, this movie, Prince Charming. I I mean, I wish I knew his actual name, but his name. I think his character was way better developed. 
and you know he had some interesting things about him like he's apparently really pro at circus tricks yeah and we did that's something we didn't know before he's really really a big fan of love and hand touching loves that hand touching he wants his dad's approval don't we all Hannah don't we all <laughs> a universal theme and um got my point oh so I know what I was gonna say so basically throughout all Disney a common factor is that we're supposed to be able to tell the gender of a character and this is mostly animals by whether they have eyelashes or not Prince Charming had some beautiful, a beautiful set of eyelashes, so I didn't really know what to think. So I've been yeah, trained to see that. <laughs> maybe he's just, maybe he just doesn't have this narrow view of gender that I do. Yeah, I think maybe. I mean, maybe Hannah, it's just none of your business what he does with his eyelashes. I think that. Yeah, I think it is none <laughs> of my business. I think that it's probably a hangover from the original movie because, like, he definitely had like and a finite eyelashes in the first movie and I guess maybe they thought like oh we can't not draw him like that in this movie because otherwise uh, we can tell him apart from all the other like generic princes <laughs> all the generic <laughs> white brown haired prince charmings yeah it's a valid point speaking of his hair did you guys notice that it literally was just always exactly the same he looked like a Ken doll <laughs> yeah he, he's literally so like a Ken doll it's, yeah, that's kind of like his purpose. Or like Woody. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> just stayed the same. That's true, because like Cinderella's hair had a lot of action, because like she was going through some shit in this film, and her mm. hair was all over the place. And yeah, his hair was just... I mean, it's interesting, because this movie is kind of like the reverse... I cannot say this word at all, like Bechdel test sort of criteria, because like in the first movie... His character wasn't developed at all and he only had like one line and in this movie everything he does is just because he wants to find his true love and like he's his focus is on like the main female love interest and i don't think any of his other conversations are anything but about that's him. true actually he's got very traditionally like feminine motivations mm-hmm. he raised a very interesting point who else have we got in this film? We've got their evil stepmother. Uh, who else we've said? Like a... Sorry. I just think she has. Um, she's just a poor man's version of Maleficent. Yeah, she is. She's like a cross between Maleficent and the witch from Snow White. The evil person from Snow White. Mm. She, yeah, like, she knows some insane magic. I'll give her that. She does. Yeah. I mean, that was quite impressive. For a first timer, she did some pretty serious stuff. The way I'm sort of perceiving her. Yeah. She even did, like, some sort of Imperio curse on the prince at one point to, like, twist his mind yeah. and his memories. Like um, version of Polyjuice. Like, <laughs> like a wild. I'm back to Harry Potter again. Sorry. <laughs> no, we love it. Um, I, keep, I keep thinking I have these really important points to make and they're just going out of my mind. He, oh right, so the way I'm sort of perceiving her as a sort of Chris Kardashian figure, where she's like pulling all the strings of her family, and she's like, Anastasia, you're gonna marry this prince, you're gonna do this, and like everyone is just like under her control. Um, 
I can't, it was kind of cool. I felt quite sorry for Anastasia by the end of it. I felt sorry yeah. for her. I she did, seemed... like, she had feelings and stuff. Yeah. Like yeah. You have your evil characters have feelings. Like, everything becomes grey and you realise that it's not a complete dichotomy. But I think what, what they could do is create just that story from Cinderella 2 again so that Anastasia ends up with the local baker because it seems to be that at the beginning of this film she's just fucked off the local baker that she was so desperately in love with well no like that never even happened no in the end credits there was a portrait in the palace um, of like Anastasia and the local baker guy what 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 is this timeline (laughs) that's a picture of a parallel universe (laughs) That's the parallel universe in which Cinderella 2 still exists. Is that a temporal paradox? Oh my god. But yeah, like I did feel bad for her. Yeah. Justice for Anastasia. I mean, I kind of like the fact that she had a bit of development on that. Like, she wasn't just evil. Like, by the end, we were like... Oh, yeah, she was interesting. I went, um... And uh, Gus Gus and Jack Jack are back. Which we love. They the had some nice life. moments in this. They did. Um, and Gus Gus, they weren't flat shaming him anymore, which is great. Yeah, they've joined the 21st leave, century. Leave nice. that in the past. Goodbye. <laughs> Bibbidi bobbidi bye. <laughs> yeah, I think, like, actually, if you think about it, Gus Gus and Jack Jack are, like, probably the most important characters in the entire movie. Yeah. And I'll tell you for why. Um, <laughs> they basically like anytime anything bad goes wrong, they they have to go save the situation. So okay, pumpkin jail kind of craziness. They're the ones that like get rid of the harness on the horse so Cinderella can jump off the pumpkin and like ride the horse to safety before it drops off the cliff. Uh, they manage to steal the wand from the evil yeah. mother. and then I like but even they also though tell the prince, yeah. They also yeah, they do all boat. of the heavy lifting, literally, literally like the smallest characters because that wand is really heavy and Cinderella could have easily just turned around and like picked up the wand and carried it herself, but she's making a little fucking my servants carry it for her. Lazy bitch, man. <laughs> like... Shit rolls downhill, we all know this. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I'm gonna, I, I would have written about this in the blog, but I think that the moral of the story is you, like, true love always beats magic but only if you're friends with mice (laughs) behind every strong independent woman are two small mice (laughs) saving her (laughs) from every bad situation with with questionable eastern european accents yeah you're right they are the true heroes of this film um, music-wise, I can't remember there being any music, but I think there was. So that I mean, that was speaks. Like multiple. There were but... multiple songs. There were multiple songs. They've made no impression on me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not as iconic as the originals. Like you know, we didn't get that Cinderella, Cinderella. I'm Bibbidi Bob. Um, weirdly, I thought the first no Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo, even though they say that about seventy-six times. I feel like the first song that Cinderella sang, like kind of, it was quite like anthemic. Um, yeah, slightly like reminiscent that. of. Oh, I remember. Bell's now you've said it, I remember song. it. Yeah. In Beauty yeah, but it also Beast. kind of felt like an end song. It felt like a finale, you know. 
Really also, if you guys ever notice that just saying the word reminiscent makes you sound like an art critic. Reminiscent. <laughs> <laughs> reminiscent of tree bark. Cinderella's first song in Cinderella 3 was reminiscent of Belle's first song in Beauty and the Beast. In Beauty and the Beast. Disney Day got eloquent. <laughs> <laughs> it's about time. And then, and then music-wise, like, I guess they tried, but I don't think that there was, like, the same amount of effort that went in. So this is what we've noticed in essentially every sequel except for The Lion King 2, is that, like, there's, like, a bit of effort. There's nothing that you would actually remember apart from that one song in Lion King 2. And maybe, I think, like, the most memorable one probably would be the Gus Gus and Jack Jack song. See, I've already for- I've already forgotten that they've done a song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I don't remember it, obviously, but like <laughs> if I was going to remember one, I guess that would be it. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> and then let's have some feminist time, which we all love. Um, we were talking a bit before actually about whether we think it passes the Bachelor test, and I think it does on a couple of scenes i think it might i'm tentative so do we so i'm not sure the evil stepmother actually is named but drizella and anastasia are named and they're both involved in the conversation that's true but does it yeah matter? why doesn't even but to be fight. fair like also um prince charming doesn't have a name either <laughs> <laughs> they're just like oh like why are we giving them names? Like everyone knows them by these by these <laughs> nicknames. These really like stereotypical n- nicknames. It's and not as th- bad as calling a woman widow. <laughs> widow. What is it? Widow Widow Twanky. That's something different, isn't widow it? Widow Twanky, I think. Widow Twanky. Or Crane. I, mean, I guess. <laughs> Crane. <laughs> I guess, like, it does kind of pass the test with regard to, like, when the evil characters are scheming. Yeah. Um, that's the only bit I can think of where they're actually not talking about a love interest. Because at that point, they're just, they just want the money. Like, they're not interested in, you know, just... Yeah, it's early early days of the plan. Yeah. Um, and if you don't mind, let's take a little look at my... My bachelor test, if you will. <laughs> That's not not the official name. Uh, number one, is there an equal or similar number of female main characters to male main characters? Yes. I think so. You've kind of got yeah. Cinderella, Anastasia, Stepmother, Prince, the, the Mice, and the King. So it's kind of ish. Those are kind of, I think the king and that are kind of secondary. Yeah. We're all, we're always bending the rules on this question. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is kind of interesting. Are the female characters just love interests or just exist for plot? And like, so as we've said about Cinderella, like you could argue that she is a love interest, but she's. She's like driving her own story. 
She is, although I think also, if you think of the step-mum and sisters, although the wedding is, and the prince is their angle, that's not really their angle. Oh no, the step-mother's angle, yeah, the step-mother's angle is like, influence and money. Yeah, so I think they their motivations aren't love, I don't think. No, okay. Do they have to be named characters for the second book? Um, I'm not doing that. Okay. But maybe I should. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I was quite taken with the scene with the housekeeper and, you know, like, being a mice catcher. Yeah, yeah. You know, she talked about her history. She's she actually in Cinderella too. She is. Which is very confusing. Really? <laughs> so there's a little there's a little bit of acknowledgement. Um, okay. Number three, do the female characters have their own emotional journeys? Are they complex? I think so. Some of them, yes, I reckon. Anastasia has quite a journey because she goes yeah. from doing whatever her mum says to being like, actually, I'm gonna do what I want. Yeah. I mean I think Anastasia's got a good Cinderella doesn't I don't know, Cinderella gets a bit tougher, maybe. I mean, I guess, but, like, emotionally, I think she's, like, she kind of just stays the same. It's like Yeah, I think she kind of stays the same. And you're so certain that you're in love with him that, like, you're going to smash out of a pumpkin, ride a horse, <laughs> jump off a boat, like, kill someone, probably, to, to get back to him. <laughs> Because lest, lest we forget, the whole contents of this film took place in a day. That's that's mental. The time scales are normal. Yeah, the they're planning a wedding. But it's, you guys don't forget yeah. that you know if it's your true love just by touching their hand. That's true, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Um, number four, do the female characters have other motives than romance? Well, I think the female. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think they're motivated by romance. Cinderella the, is. Yeah. Cinderella yeah. is, and Anastasia is to an extent. That's tricky. I think it's kind aren't. of t- tentatively, it's done well. Now it's time to take a deep dive, and Gina's already come up with a very good moral for this film. Liv, what do you think the message is of Cinderella through a twist in time? What are you really, what are you never going to forget from watching this film? <laughs> Honestly, it is that if I want to find my true love, I'll know once I hold their hand. <laughs> That's it. But as mentioned to both of you, they also didn't explain whether that would make you pregnant or not. So I'm sort of nervous. <laughs> yeah, get your, silk, wait, get your silk gloves on just in case. Yeah. I guess I guess what they were trying to say is like true love will find a way, you know, even through mad time travel. <laughs> um but what and they're really meant to be or just meant to be The message is if you make a film and you hate it, you can just create another film that um just makes that film relevant. <laughs> time travel time travel's everything. a beautiful way of doing that. <laughs> yeah, there's, just there's like, never like we hated paradoxes. that. <laughs> Just ignore uh, so... the laws of physics if you have to. It's fine. <laughs> so there's a lot of messages in this film. Actually, we've we've got a lot from this. Um, but what did we? What are we giving out of ten? I I can't believe it. 
really. Honestly, I'm 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 flabbergasted, but I gave it a seven. It's a great use of the word flabbergasted. Thank you. Thank I you. also gave it a seven, um, because I felt like it was a good sequel and it was better than both both Cinderella one and two. I've recommended it to sister of the podcast Janina Klein. Sister of the podcast. <laughs> Oh, I just want to bring up something really amusing to me that happened the other day is that we were doing a big, we do a big weekly quiz with all our friends and um, Liv referred to someone in casual conversation as friend of the group, as if she was saying friend of the podcast and it made me really (laughs) happy. I, I just like, always speak in podcast speak when I'm on Zoom. <laughs> she was like friend of the group, and then I laughed, and and it was it was great. Um, I did actually pick up on that. I enjoyed it. Gina, what what are you giving this film up to? I mean, obviously, I haven't got as much Disney experience in and about as you guys. It's okay because we've discovered that I'm wildly inconsistent with my ratings, and if I went back, <laughs> none of them would make any sense against each other. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna give it a six. Yeah. Because yeah, like it didn't blow me away with the music, and I feel like a lot of Disney was about music. The animation was cool, but the storyline I didn't think was like hugely kind of groundbreaking in comparison to the other like the first one. So that shocks me. I thought it was quite a groundbreaking storyline. For <laughs> Cinderella, for sure. Yeah, for Cinderella. That's a very good point um, about the animation style because some of the sequels literally look like a bootleg video, a bootleg VHS, but that's actually what Disney put out into the world. But the animation <laughs> on this was good. Yeah, like, uh, it was yeah, pretty reminiscent of uh, like Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> I'm telling you, you know, listeners, take that word out for a spin. You won't regret it. Take it for us, Ben. Um, so what we like to ponder now, Gina, is whether it was actually worth Disney putting the time and money into this and whether it was worth our time taking an hour and seventeen minutes of our life to watch it. I'll I'll start if you don't mind. I think it definitely was worth it. I think this was a good film and I think this I would rather watch this than Cinderella One, even though you obviously need that. Content. <laughs> yeah honestly when people now say to me like oh Liv do you like just fancy watching Cinderella I'm going to be like well obviously you must mean Cinderella 3 you must mean Cinderella 3 a twist in time <laughs> yeah I mean like considering that I'm not somebody who really sits down and watches Disney movies that often uh, I'd definitely watch it again that's um, a big statement that is a big statement um I mean, I actually personally love Cinderella one, and the reason why is because, like, when I was younger, we only had a very select few videos in the house, and like, if you didn't have a video, then like, you couldn't watch it. So, like, I think all we had was like Cinderella, Lion King, Toy Story, and The Little Mermaid. And, like, that's that like, was it. that's a strong small collection mm-hmm. to have. Yeah, like yeah. definitely strong, but like because of that, I I just love Cinderella because it's just one of those childhood movies that we had that. Yeah, yeah that's nice. It's got the nostalgic element. I um used to have a Cinderella dress and wear, dress up a Cinderella all the time. Oh, I had the shoes. Did you ever have the shoes? I had like a little button on it and they used to play the wedding march had... on them. Mine... You had glass slippers? 
Mine didn't have a button. Mine didn't have a button. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're like they're just like plastic with sparkles on. But I I had the I just had the cheap version that was just like a slip on (laughs) slip on sandal. (laughs) Yeah, also, like, glass slippers. The fuck? I... Yeah. So, my... I had a version of Cinderella on VHS where Brandy was playing Cinderella, and I absolutely loved it, and I thought it was so much better than the animation. I used to watch it all the time. So I would recommend that for for an alternative Cinderella And now I haven't pre-warned Gina about this because I just think it's nice to just just do it a bit casually, just off the cuff. Um, Gina, you you're probably aware that uh, a few years ago I read a tweet that sort of changed my life um, because it said if you had to pick a Disney film and have sex with every single character in that film which would you pick and it's something I've I've thought about regularly since that day so what we like to do at the end of every episode is just have a think about whether we would pick um said today's film as a as our Disney sex film and if we'd like to have sex with anyone from the cast um so I'll give you some time to think Liv would you like to go first it goes i wouldn't mind having sex with everyone in this film i don't think um i think the ugly sisters i don't like to use that word uh, i think the stepsisters would be relatively grateful because they've been called ugly all their lives and i think i'd be yeah. quite a, i think i'd be quite a nice person to sleep with um and i i i, I quite fancied prince charming in this thought he was a nice guy uh i mean cinderella's got some stuff to her in this film which makes her more interesting to sleep with i mean the mice thing's a bit weird and just in case anyone is yeah. aware, we have to make this clear every episode no children and no animals no <laughs> that's no so no children but as we've discussed as we've said probably now five times we would definitely both have sex with mufasa because he's an anthrop he is an anthropomorphic lion and that's completely different <laughs> to just having sex with an animal I mean, I would say that every animal in Disney is anthropomorphic, but... Yeah, no, like 99% of them are, which makes it okay. Apart from the ones that don't, some of them don't talk. Interesting on that front of animals. So no animals, except for Lucifer actually has a a few moments as a human in this this movie. So that... Oh, yeah. Oh, he does. He also is a cat in a box at one point. No, but you do... But the thing is, just because he's a human for part of the film doesn't doesn't mean you can't have you doesn't mean you get, don't get to have sex you wait you don't have to have sex. oh doesn't god mean you doesn't you mean still... you miss out on all the cat <laughs> you do still you still have to have sex with them as a cat also as a human um, something to think about in summation that doesn't surprise me um, in summation, I think this would be a relatively good shout as my Disney sex film. So it's, like, it's up there. Gina? So let me get this straight. I have to pick a Disney <laughs> movie where I would have sex with all of the characters. But the thing is, in these discussions, we like to identify the fact that like 
we're not always going to want to have sex with everyone in the cast. In fact, there's like there's no perfect Disney movie because we've talked about it a lot. We just like to think <laughs> we just like to weigh it up. Like, are there any people that like you definitely be interested in, and are there other people you're disgusted by? And then just see whether it would be a contender or not. If you'd like to know, there is actually we did a special blog on which movie we'd actually pick and. For your information, I picked Hercules and Hannah picked Aladdin. Oh, fair. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Aladdin, which I've also transfers to live action. I watched them with Liv at uni. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie, I would say no, because there's a lot of, like, I think there's a lot more repulsive characters in this than there are, <laughs> like, you know, attractive characters. <laughs> I mean, the prince is okay. He's a bit one-dimensional, though. Like, I think, yeah, you know. Yeah, just, it does tend to happen with um <laughs> with animated kind of characters. Feels like the kind of guy who would like apologize after coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Sorry, actually, I don't, I don't know if you're allowed this kind of level of conversation. Oh no, this is this is exactly what we want. <laughs> um, and then like Cinderella, like, you know, like I'm famously bi, but I mean, I guess in this movie she's like. A lot more interesting, like we've said. In the first movie, probably not. Again, she's like one-dimensional. I still, I think Cinderella's quite young. You always bring age into this. Uh, weird, <laughs> weird that I always bring age into it. <laughs> but to you, I feel like to you, you think that all Disney characters are really young. Yeah, a lot of Disney characters are young, Liv. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, if you look at the original stories, they're all like. Um. Anyway, we won't we won't think about that. I I'm not interested by this film. I would I would have sex with Prince Charming if I was bored. If I was bored, <laughs> if I was on holiday in like a small town and he was the only person that came up on Tinder, I'd be like, all right, I've literally got nothing better to do, and I'm sure it'll be an okay night. But I do agree with Gina. Like, I'd be like, he'd be like, sorry, and I'd be like. Okay, bibbidi bobbidi bye. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I feel like you'd go into the situation bored and then come out more bored. <laughs> come out sad. <laughs> but with cum in your hair, which is never ideal. <laughs> no, he wouldn't do that. Or he would, and then that's why he, he'd be like, he'd just be like so embarrassed. And like, I, you know what? I think he's a dark horse. I think he'd be great in bed. I think he'd be respectful. I mean, he's an acrobat. He is. Yeah. He's obviously got. He's obviously in good shape, and I didn't he's in very good him, shape. I didn't find him a weak. Like not. No, weak's not right. I didn't find him overly like shy and polite in the way that I'd expect post come apologizers to be. <laughs> <laughs> I. I don't know. I think I. My only slight. You know, my I'm slightly nervous about having sex with princes in general because I've had so many opportunities. Um, just because I think they'd be a bit self-centered because they've had a, you know everything's been about them for their whole life. Mm. I think it's a valid concern. Yeah, yeah like, and I haven't got any sisters, so they... I feel like sex, you know, sex ed would not have included any female anatomy learning at all. Yeah, I mean, like, in, in this fantasy world where, like, yeah, people just, just don't have any education, I guess. And, I mean, 
that's in comparison to this world where like I genuinely have a male friend who thought that the female orgasm was a myth so that's depressing <laughs> yeah oh he's always he poor that poor sexual partners <laughs> he knows now <laughs> you know what I would actually go for the evil stepmother I think what <laughs> um I just think she'd have some crazy things up her sleeve and if I was in that sort of mood well literally <laughs> she's got she's got bibbly bobbly boo and I just um yeah want to see how that translates so on the basis of bibbly bobbly boo would that mean that you would also go for the fairy godmother no it's not quite the same energy <laughs> it's more like fun grand vibes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but ultimately uh no probably you know what i'm i'm astounded because up my sleeve up my sleeve um <laughs> i really wanted to make the pun would you bippity boppity bang them and I have not found one opportunity during this conversation. You could have said it at any You could have said it at any point. I couldn't find a good I couldn't find a neat way to segue that in, but I just wanted the listeners to know that that is a pun I came up with and I'm proud of. Hey Liv, ask <laughs> ask me um cleverly if I want to have sex with anyone in this film. <laughs> Hannah, would you like to bippity boppity bang? Hey, anyone in this film? <laughs> <laughs> now, just imagine that was at the start. Yeah, can't you just like edit that before? <laughs> <laughs> Can you edit I'm not going to because it's funny. Just keep this whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, they know we edit things. <laughs> And it's time to say goodbye. We've been chatting for an hour today. <laughs> and you know, it hasn't felt like an hour. It's been a real it's been a real pleasure to have you on as a guest, Gina. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I've had a blast. Um Liv, anything to say? Uh follow us on the social medias. Uh we've been quiet for obvious reasons recently. Uh but you know, we'll be putting a few things on there. And uh, today, guest artist Georgina Smithurst, friend of the blog, friend of the podcast. <laughs> friend, <laughs> friend of us. <laughs> Our friend. <laughs> Our dear, dear friend. Um, we'll, we'll be drawing for this blog. So take a look. Yes, I mean... um so yeah, in terms of our social media presence, we'll, we've been quite obviously... Um, with the Black Lives Matter protests last week. Um, so we, we'll be posting stuff again and then just like on our personal ones, we'll be posting like resources and petitions and stuff. So follow us ourselves if you want. <laughs> <laughs> but not in person. Not in person. Stay two metres away from us. I mean it. I don't care that lockdown season. I mean it. <laughs> Bibbidi bobbidi bye. Bibbidi bobbidi bye. <laughs> <laughs>